0: ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Everyone thinks I had a storybook career, that I just sprang into Disney Channel stardom overnight, made millions, and lived happily ever after. Spoiler alert, I didn't. There were countless failures along the way, and there still are. How I deal with that struggle and how I pivot when failure creeps in is what allows me to keep going, keep learning, and keep striving for balance. The Vulnerable Podcast is an invitation to hang out every week with me, Christy Carlson Romano, as I invite friends, celebrities, and experts for in-depth conversations discussing the good, the complicated, the beauty of being human, and what it means to be vulnerable. Join me every Tuesday as we navigate the ups and downs of my guests' paths to success. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere, acast.com.
1: If he kicks this, he can
0: shave whichever part of his body he wants.
1: welcome to this week's attacking scrum podcast it's not been the most cheery weekend for welsh club rugby but luckily the welsh women got off to uh got off to a winning start at uh at the rugby world cup so that's all good you were uh, you watched that one murph
0: i did yeah i didn't i didn't um do any alarm clock uh business i just tivo tivo the game what time did it actually kick off bst do know. you know
1: I don't know. Yeah.
0: It was it was. I mean, it was stupid. O'clock, I think, four a.m., five a.m. Yeah. Um, so I watched it this afternoon.
1: That's yeah, always that's always, the, that's always kind of the, the problem slash the beauty with New Zealand. Uh, yeah. I you know I do like some of the weird some of the weird times. I, I like watching sport at breakfast time. Um, I mean, four o'clock would <laughs> yeah. be early for, for anyone's breakfast. I think, but yeah, yeah you know, when you have like a, a seven or an eight eight a.m. kickoff, I uh, mm. I like that. You don't have all the the nervous waiting around all day.
0: Yeah, well, the, the I mean, the two thousand and three World Cup was classic for that. All the pubs around my way were opening early because it was down in New Zealand, and they were kicking off about eight thirty a.m., nine a.m. And inevitably, you know, if you met your mates at the pub at eight thirty a.m., you'd end up having beers. And uh, yeah, that was that was a good World Cup, I'm mean, the quite two thousand and
1: three. Yeah, I mean, it was well, it was good from that perspective. Yeah, no, I mean the Wales bits. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, well, well oh, you're right. Actually, I mean, it was. We turned a corner in that World Cup. Yeah, kind of out of nowhere as well. You know oh. uh, it's been uh, a yeah, yeah. pretty pretty yeah. grim up to that point. I didn't watch and, the final. I was I was in work for the final, so. Uh, well, you, uh, yeah, that was the best <laughs> pla- best place to be, I think. Um, just yeah, bring it back to the uh, bring it back to the Welsh uh, the Welsh ladies, though. Uh, what did what did you make of it as a, as a game and as a performance?
0: Yeah, they're, they're, you know they're looking. I think they look better every time I watch them in terms of the style of play and their patterns are uh, just more effective, not more effective, but more. You can tell they're more drilled into them. They're more. Uh, comfortable with the way they're trying to play and everything.
1: I was a little bit shocked the captain wasn't playing. Is that a reputation or she injured? Yeah, I up. believe there's um, a, like kind of dual captaincy thing on the go. Right. Isn't there?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, well, the girl who takes her place is a good player in fairness. But um, uh, yeah, and uh, it, it all built up to a nice grandstand finish and everything. So um, it could have gone... You know, could have gone pear shaped. I, I didn't like the way their tight head was. Uh, the Scottish tight head was scrummaging. Like I, I, we ended up with a yellow carded loose head. And it, uh, as far as I could see, the Scottish tight head were just scrummaging straight onto our hooker and, yeah. and and left our loose head with nowhere to scrummage on, apart from you know the the tight head's hip, basically, because there was nowhere left to go. Um So I thought it was a bit. And worse still, the, the, the referee was. Referee, the referee was applying the laws from the other side of the scrum.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, the, the, the ref was on our tight head side of the scrum, Referee in our loose head into a yellow card. So I wasn't entirely chuffed for that, but, yeah, you Yeah, that's know, not ideal. They had quite a strong... Uh, the, the second row behind the Scottish tight head was a strong scrummager because sometimes she was just lifting <laughs> just lifting the tight head up and driving her forward. <laughs> that's <so>, how <laughs> so hard she was pushing. Um, but, yeah... Um, I mean, it, like any uh, major tournament, you just got to get off a winning start, haven't you? And yeah, you know, you have. Obviously... it's
1: interesting the the grand the grandstand finish you mentioned there, because I think it just obviously any any growing sport, in fact, any sport really benefits from from close contests. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see kind of how this plays out in the um, in the Women's World Cup as a whole, because you've obviously got such a disparity in terms of. How far advanced and how well financed some of these these sides are. I mean, I'd be I'd be astonished if England don't walk it, to be honest, because they're you know they're yeah. probably in the best. Um the best position uh, in terms of funding. Wales are right at the start of that journey, but mm. yeah, like you say, great to uh, great to get off to a to a winning start, and hopefully that. I mean, hopefully
0: it's it, 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 uh, it, it hard to imagine it would be anything else, but hopefully you get England, New Zealand final, and then the home team trying to upset them on their own patch. Basically, that that would be the ideal, I think, for uh, the neutral. Well. Yeah yeah I mean I'd rather see Wales there but realistically (laughs) uh, it's going to be England uh,
1: New Zealand hopefully yeah I think uh, I think you're probably right Uh, moving on to uh, to our kind of bread and butter the yeah the glamour that is following the bloody pro 14 in, <laughs> you know, just, just before the, what? the, the pro 14. Oh, whatever. Sorry. The UFC, the the, the, B- the, the, B- the BTS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: BTS. I like is a it better, it's a K pop band in
1: it? BTS. Uh, BTS. Yeah, it is. BTS B- UFC. Yeah. yeah. BKT, as I, as I said, was a, was a serial killer in, uh, in America, which, um, right. for well. some reason to me feels fitting that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it would feel like a fit. BTS is far too glamorous for this league. I think, yes, yeah. um, but just yeah. as you know, just as pointless. Yeah. <laughs> just as pointless, but it would, certainly, it would certainly rake in a hell of a lot more money. Um, yeah. But yeah, a, a particularly uh, kind of grim weekend, I thought. So I, I've relied once again on our trusty listeners to to stump up a few questions for us to get us through this one, Murph. Um, in no particular order, um, other than actually the order they've come in. Uh, this one was from Giving Up the Gun on Twitter and just says Is Angus O'Brien the Inform Welsh 15 and will he be in the Wales Autumn squad?
0: Um, I don't think he will He'll be Agreed. in the Wales Autumn squad. <laughs> um, is he the Inform 15? Um... Well, half, yeah, right. Well, possibly. I mean, he, I suppose what's standing out most of them at the moment, uh, something that it wasn't necessarily part of his game in the past, is how good he is under the high ball mm. uh, lately. That wasn't really something you would associate with him in the past. So, look, when we when we uh, when we first talked about when Liam Williams burst his collarbone, we we all mentioned Tom Rogers, mm-hmm. but he hasn't featured since. He's been, he's been uh, injured since, yeah. Yeah, and, and the likelihood is—I uh, I mean, I, I don't know how soon the half penny will be considered again—but uh, the likelihood is he'll just go for a try and tested uh, Johnny McNichol.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think half penny will be straight back in. If I'm honest, uh, just yeah. to, just on the Angus O'Brien thing, I think he's been brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been so good to see him back playing with the Dragons, as I mentioned when I laboured through the the podcast on my own the other week uh, that he's. Uh, it was such a shame we let him go in the first place because he's been um, he's been fantastic since coming back. Don't think he'll be anywhere near the squad, and you know he's still got, he's still got a way to go because he's not really played a huge amount of rugby for five five years. He was you know kind of rotation player at the Scarlets, been under mm-hmm. good form, but you know hopefully he can. Um, and kick on and find another gear uh yeah but i think he's a, a way off for call up at the moment but he is the informed 15 but i think half penny you know he's got he's had two starts in the last two weeks uh, i think he'll be i think he'll be there or thereabouts just because we know he's he's an international class player you know but mm. well you know on his day world class player and yeah, yeah just yeah as he, as he finds that form i think i think he will get that 15 shirt back to be honest do you hmm
0: I'm not as convinced, I wouldn't be surprised at all, but I'm not as convinced as you are that he'll go straight back into the starting 15. Um, I just don't think, I mean, I obviously, think, all, yeah. all the things, all the all the elements are there. He's, he's still an amazing kicker, still good in the high ball and positioning's great and all that, but I don't know how much threat he is anymore with ball in hand, and, unless he, to me, unless he shows something over the next few weeks uh, for the Scarlets in attack. Um I, probably, I mean, he makes the squad, but I, I don't know if he'd be uh, my first choice.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think obviously, as always, there's two different things here. One is what Pivak will do. The other is, <laughs> yeah. is what we would do in this scenario. I absolutely mm. agree. I don't think he's, you know, he's not the, the counter-attacking threat that he was at the start of his career. I, lo- I loved him at the start of his career. I was so exciting. The, he was, you know, yeah. Turn a pace and get through mm. a little gap, readjust his scrum cap. Mm. go go again and he was yeah such a such an exciting player to watch on the counter mm. attack. and he's obviously not that player anymore but what he does defensively is just is just world class and I don't think that unless you were to go with with Rodgers who is the exciting prospect I don't see really what picking McNichol over half penny does
0: no I I was just it wasn't my selection It was just what I thought Wayne would do mm. just because he, he's you know he's well, at one stage, he was picking McNichol ahead of Liam Williams when Liam Williams is struggling to uh, come back to the form after injury and what have you. McNichol was first choice for a while, so I just imagine that would be the easiest option for a wing to go with because he, he hasn't just come back off a long injury. He hasn't, you know, he's just uh, there or there or thereabouts most of the time. Johnny McNichol. So um, personally, if fit, I go I'd Tom Rogers, but um, we, we'll
1: see. Yeah, I think Rogers is definitely the uh, the exciting option and the the glamorous one. But as you say, hopefully he'll he'll um, get a bit more a bit more gay time a game time between uh between now and then. Uh mm. I quite enjoyed this one from <laughs> from John Davis. Uh it simply says, Right, let's get this over and done with what the actual fuck is going on at Cardiff. <laughs> and uh yeah, obviously, I, I think we touched on it very briefly at the end of last week's show because it was kind of a breaking story then. But it's been a messy week for them, and they're the yeah. they're the only side to get a bloody win this week. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, that's not been fun, yeah. is it?
0: That's the advantage of uh, a derby is at least the mm. Welsh side's going to win, unless it's the osprey Scarlets, opening the of the season, in which case they both lose and, and they end up with a draw. Oh, um uh, yeah. But. uh well, look, I I wonder if, look, I, I've spoken to, I went to watch Cardiff Uni versus Cardiff Met at the Arms Park on Wednesday and I was talking to a few people close to Cardiff. And um, any idea that their players left the pub to go and buy eggs to come back to the pub and throw eggs is just Wales Online bullshit. It just did not happen. I, I know from speaking to people, they were on a night out and they were doing that game where you have to, carry an egg with you and stop it from breaking all night you know have you ever been mm-hmm. in one of those silly nights out where you've got an egg um, and obviously it ends up squashed in your pocket by one of your mates that's, you know that's the idea and so one did end up squashed in someone's pocket in that pub from what I understand and another one rolled off a table and now Wales Online is saying that they're pelting the whole bar with eggs um, so it, 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 you know I can I can I can imagine they all feel the players feel justifiably a little bit aggrieved by it all uh, and the only yeah, trouble I mean, is now it appears
1: sensationalist it. nonsense that goes that goes with yeah. it you know if that's not the case and then I'm of course fine. people but, but, something, but something's happened you know uh, if you well if you take into account what's been said by the you know by the by the pub manager something is something has happened there mm. um and i think really you know obviously well, apparently be now it's 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 a
0: customer now not not right. staff from what I hear, I, I don't know. The, the, the main issue you now whether whether we go through the ins and outs of it all now. Uh, someone summed it up for me perfectly on Wednesday and just said, "Well, it's in the hands of legal people now, so the mm-hmm. truth will never come out." <laughs> yeah, people are making money out of the situation now, so the truth is besides the point now. And the, 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 I think the what, what I wanted to follow up with earlier, what you just said is. When the when the story broke, then of course all the Twitter, the Welsh Twitter people who hate yeah. uh, regional rugby and Cardiff in particular, or both or neither, or you know, or just want to have a go, uh, they were all you know diving in, and it just got into ballooned into something else. Where you've ended up with players now suspended, who uh, I, 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 you can't I can't even speculate over who is suspended altogether. But I mean, I, I've heard josh navidi's name involved i got no idea if that's the case but that's the one josh navidi is the one that doesn't pass the sniff test
1: it would be josh yeah, navidi's not
0: character yeah. yeah it's just not it just didn't happen just didn't happen maybe he's not suspended maybe he's just still injured i don't know but um Are you some, used, you know, he's like, definitely
1: still injured because he, 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 yeah.
0: he hasn't he hasn't been fit. yeah, yeah hasn't but was he on the night out i mean uh yeah, and, and is he therefore suspended uh injured or not like you know what i mean uh uh, it just doesn't, you know, the the OCO manure, um, some things just don't pass the sniff test, mm. you know, it's just smell of bullshit and, uh, and that that's one of them, you just can't imagine him, you know, he, I, I don't know him personally, but he played for my club a lot, it's just not in his character to be that way, I don't think so, um, you can imagine some young forwards being drunk and making tits of themselves. You know, it's not, it's, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't even make a fucking headline. You know, in the past, mm. young young forwards out making tarts of themselves. It's just that's just every Saturday in Cardiff. You know, mm. um, so it's just one of them. It's just blown up into something, and and I think it
1: probably galvanised Cardiff into winning. That's what I think happened on Saturday. Well, let's move it on to the on pitch matters, which obviously we can. Um, uh, we don't. We have to do a lot less speculation uh, when it comes to that. It, to me, it was a it was a pretty cagey affair. And mm. uh I you know, I perhaps didn't I always find it interesting because I watched the I watched the Welsh language commentary and as you know, I don't speak a word of a word of Welsh. Um so watching it, watching it without on, obviously you don't, you know, not you don't get a sense, you don't get your opinion uh swayed either way by any of the, the commentators or pundits. And mm. uh to me it felt a very, very cagey affair, you know, like one of those relegation derbies that you see in uh, in in football where Sides are, you know, almost a bit worried of making a mistake and looking to nick one at a set piece. That's kind of how it started. But I would I would say Cardiff with a with a better side. Um, you know, kind of reflect on the scoreline. I thought the the Scarlets were very unlucky to have that try chalked off uh, for the forward pass.
0: Yeah, the forward pass was the only one I was slightly doubtful about. I didn't, I didn't, there was no doubts about the red card as far well as I can see, but I, I got it's no, it's no idea. Stone, it was stonewall red. Why was John Davis doing his high, uh, um, raised eyebrows look mm-hmm. to the ref over a, over someone just, you know, blinked, as blatant as a red as, as it gets? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what was going on there. I, and like I say, the four passes, uh, um, the only one was slightly dodgy. The, the, the red card and also the knock-on try, or the try that didn't happen, uh, might have happened if he hadn't knocked it on. Uh, they seemed to be booing that in the crowd, but it looked to me like they both touched the ball Uh uh, Thomas Williams and um, yeah, that was Fifi, was it Fafita or um, or Lausie might have been Lausie I think that was, that was, it was a big yeah a that big was guy. the right ball for me I think <laughs> yeah they both touched the ball so therefore it's a knock on because mm. it went forward doesn't <laughs> yeah, it yeah it doesn't who touched it first yeah because yeah, yeah. it went forward yeah so um, yeah only the only the forward pass was a uh, touch and go but you know that, I, I think they probably need Scarlets probably need a few breaks with the TMO and the and the the calls because they, I said it last week, their backs are playing shit. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing scarlets like or chletley like about their back play at the moment, and that's that's to me that's in their DNA. And if it's not there, they're not going to suddenly turn into uh, Pontypool, they (laughs) up Mm. front. They're not going to start dominating sides up front. So where, where do they go if their backs are not playing very well?
1: Yeah, I, it's an interesting one because I do feel like in amongst all of this, Costello's still playing very, very well, and mm. you know some of these touches I, I don't know. I'm really, really impressed the more I see him, even when there even when there's not a great deal going on outside him and they're not clicking. But you're right; it's they they find themselves in a in a real rut at the moment, Scarlett. So mm. And and like you say, even in even in the past when things haven't been going right up front. They're able to sling the ball around a bit, and and at least that kind of gives you a way back into games, or it gets the crowd up off their feet. That's another thing, by the way. I don't know what the attendance was, but it looked bloody sparse, and that's not great. That's not great for a you know for no. a for a Welsh derby. Yeah, to me again. It's just symptomatic of the fact that there is just such a malaise around this league, and mm. when the sides aren't playing well, even even more so. It's uh, yeah, it's. Yeah. Worrying times. Well, uh, um, the Ospreys are not getting big crowds um,
0: or big atmospheres, you know. And In fairness, you know, I, I think uh, um, Ronnie Parade, Alhams Park, are not too bad. They're not huge mm. crowds, don't get me wrong. They're not, not breaking any records, but there seems to be a fair crowd and some atmosphere going on. Um, I don't know if sometimes you get the, uh, uh, a distorted um, uh, view from, from mm. how... The uh, the stadium is mic'd up, if you know yeah. what I mean, and sometimes it doesn't feel like there's they come off the crowd. But um, I mean, don't get me wrong, there wasn't a lot to cheer in that game for, for either side. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it just seemed really flat and really empty. It's, it's the way it came across on TV.
1: Yeah, because I mean, that's the thing is, you know, you can we all know we all know the problems with this league because we moan about it every week and you think that you know fine if it's the the lions at home or connacht or something like that but usually you'd hope for a bit more uh yeah, a, a bit more buzz around it. again like you say maybe it's maybe it's the way that the maybe it's the way it was mic'd up and if anyone was there and can kind of tell mm. us otherwise let us know but it's uh yeah, it just it, it did seem a bit of a, a bit of a flat, cagey affair. Which is hmm. yeah, which is kind of not. Um, not look,
0: they, they can they can be like that, don't they? If they're not playing well, people don't go. And yeah. uh, scarlets are not playing well. As simple as you know, they're definitely not playing well. So they, they've been uh, accused of being quite fickle support yeah. in the past. And uh, when when things are going well, it, it, people want to watch him. But at the moment, it, they're in a rut, as you said. Um, only Munster are playing worse, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Zebri, obviously. And um, yeah, so they it, 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 they've got form for not showing up when it's thing, things are going badly.
1: Well, the interesting thing as well, there you touched on the um, on the Cardiff University derby in there, which again, what was that about four and a half, four four and a half thousand tickets sold?
0: Yeah, and that was only um, the seated areas. They didn't open the terraced yeah. areas. And uh, I was speaking to an official from Cardiff Met, so he sold four thousand. He believes if the terraces were open, they probably could have easily sold five thousand tickets for that for that game.
1: Which, uh, yeah, again, is, I mean, whatever level of rugby it is, it's encouraging. And again, having done a bit of work in, in, univ- in university rugby and marketing around that, not, an easy yeah. thing, it's not it's not an easy thing to do. So kind of hats off. Um, yeah. But again, to me, it's just like, well, look, it just I, shows I, if there's something on the line and it means something to beat, I, to beat the opposition, then... Well, yeah, uh, I, I go up. further than that. I'd
0: I, I go, I go further again. That, that game uh, Wednesday and the quarter final of the Bucks game at... Uh, Kingcoy Campus between the same two teams last year are the two best atmospheres I've been at at a rugby game in Wales in, in years and years. Mm. Uh, you, you got they, they keep the they actually have to keep the fans apart because there was a little bit of aggro between them on Westgate Street a long time ago. But not, not not you know not a full blown riot, but yeah. some some people took umbridge and bumped into each other and all got a bit unnecessary so they keep them on separate sides of the pitch but they're constantly chanting at each other songs along the line of you've got a shit degree or you know whatever it's just really funny banter back and forth you know it's the Cardiff Uni people basically yeah, yeah. taking the piss out of the Cardiff Mets uh, uh, courses and, um, and vice versa it's just really good atmosphere and um, better than it's better than any you know <laughs> any regional or club or club game in, in Wales
1: at the moment yeah, no, look, uh, Hey, it's it's good to it's it's good to see that whatever whatever level of rugby it is, and um and yeah, look, who knows? Maybe there's something to be learned from that when it comes to when it comes to the regions and how to get people um how to get people excited about the uh, uh, the sides again. Because yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a great deal of it on on display this weekend. We're gonna take a quick break, and then when we come back, uh, we're gonna answer some more listeners' questions. And uh, yeah, Murph's gonna Murph's gonna. Give us reasons uh, as to why we should be really optimistic for the uh, for the rest of the season, aren't you, Murph? So that, that'll uh, that'll cheer us all up. You better get your, yeah. you better get yourself another San Miguel.
0: I'm going to see how long's the break.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll be back very shortly. Right, Murph, put you on the spot there, um, talking about things getting optimistic. Um, maybe we'll scratch that one. Um, but sticking with sticking with the Scarlets and um and that that uh, that performance there, we had this question in from Jake, uh which says, Do Scarlets just need to give Dane Blacker a consistent run of starts, given that uh Davis is not having his best season and Hardy not firing either. Uh, also, how good is Morgan Morris? Uh, we'll start with the uh, we'll start with the Dane Blacker thing. We've mentioned him a couple of times in recent weeks. Yeah, I, I'd one hundred percent agree and say he, he needs he needs a run of games now.
0: Yeah, and, and Steph said as much. You said as much last week. Um, I, I, I go a step further. Excuse me, I just burnt. Uh, <laughs> um, I I think Gareth Davis is getting to be a bit of a spent force uh, if you look at his performances year on year since the last World Cup he's slightly but like mm. the explosive pace and the bursts of speed and they, they just don't feature anymore in his game. You know, initially when it, when it, when he stopped doing that kind of thing, I thought it was the absence of Sean Edwards because he's playing a big part in mm. Gareth's game back then. But now, uh, what are we talking three years later? Each season he's slightly less impactful on the game, slightly less, um, I mean, when's the last time he did one of those mental 40-yard, 50-yard breaks? When? You know? So I think he's... Um, I mean, I hope I'm wrong because I'm a big fan. But I think he might be on the down on the downward spiral now and uh, it would make sense if Dame... Like, uh, everyone agrees Dame Black has been playing the best uh, club level for the Scarlet, so they're just as well.
1: Um, I think you've got to mix things up a bit when you're in this rut as well. And... Mm. Just getting some quick service away from the away from the breakdown, which you know has never been has never really been Gareth Davis's strength. You know, and, and you know, like I say, I'm not 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 kicking him because he's you know he's been a he's been a hugely important player for for Wales and Scarlets for a number of years. But I think mm. at the moment that would just give that injection of something else to. To try, you know, that that quicker bit of service, a less structured, a less structured game. Because at the moment, it all just feels so turgid. And yeah, so for me, it's, it would definitely be the right decision. And I think something that would—I'm not saying they're going to go out and win all win all the games off the back of it, but no, you know, sometimes a change in personnel in a key position can have that can have that difference. And it would definitely be one I'd be looking at if I was uh, if I was in that position.
0: Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think playing Dane Blackett is uh, more often is going to turn them around, but I just think he needs, he deserves a run of games, whatever, you know, even if things were going really well, I think he's the future for the, the region. And,
1: um, they just want to get on with it as far as I understand. Sticking with nines, because we, we spoke about this last week. What did you make of Thomas Williams this week? I thought, I thought he had a, I thought he had a fine game actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Based on uh, the first, what we talked about, the first month of the season, he, he's still the best nine in Wales. Um, and probably not, playing his best yet but you you don't know you don't know um how much of that is being held back by, by his own team
1: <laughs> uh, and see how he goes when he gets on the international stage you know yeah it's it's one of those where I just feel like again I would have loved to have seen him have more I don't, I don't know if this is indulging him just because I you know just because I, I rate him so highly. But I do feel like he's he's been kind of in and out and the messing around with nines for Wales has done no one any favour, favours. No. And to be fair to Hardy, he did a really, really good job in South Africa. And it and obviously those mm. those tactics worked. But I feel and obviously Thomas Williams has been we got injured in the previous Six Nations campaign, didn't he, in, in twenty twenty-one, I think. Uh so you know, he's had a disrupted, you know, disrupted international career for a number of reasons. But yeah, I don't feel like the chopping and changing at nine has has really helped us because it's such a crucial such a crucial position and kind of no. going into a World Cup, I think you need to know who your who your best nine is. And
0: yeah, also nines don't finish the game anymore. Yeah um hardly anyone's nine plays a full 80 minutes it's just too intense you've got to Mm. basically be at every single breakdown uh it doesn't always happen but that's the idea and that's just too intense over 80 minutes so it's become a slightly different position in a way from uh, from what it was uh, not that long ago um you 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 know you've got a a 60 minute guy and a 20 minute guy for every for every big match so um yeah, I, 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 that injury in twenty twenty one cost him a Lions tour, as far as I'm concerned. Um, or did he end up going? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, exactly. Uh, and I just think, it, for me, the first, the first, the two that's going to make the matchday squad for me is is Thomas, and then and then um, Kieran on the bench, mm. and then it's you know whatever whatever Wayne thinks going
1: forward for the third choice guy yeah no i think I think you're probably right on that one it's whether you it's whether you pick kind of a uh a slightly left field choice again if if this was me i'd always be looking at my third choice nine to be someone who's either completely different or is gaining gaining some experience then i don't see much point in having a steady eddie nine because if someone gets injured you draft in a steady eddie nine or someone with that experience but as we said last week there isn't there's not a huge amount of cabs in the rank. At the moment no. there's not a yeah. you know they we've got some some really good knives but there's not a, a conveyor belt of, of young talent coming through so mm-hmm. there kind of isn't isn't really that that left field selection to be had just moving things on to the to the center for a minute we had this one in from the uh, from the Cardiff rugby life account is max Llewellyn now a serious contender to wear 12 for Wales this autumn
0: um uh, I think he's likely to make the squad. Mm. But, um, he, 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 you know, if he wears 12, it'll be against Georgia because I think at the moment it's going he'll, to be Tompkins. Stick with Tompkins and North. Yeah, Tompkins and North. Um, but he's, he is, he is definitely, uh, stepped up a, a fair bit from last season to this, uh, Max Llewellyn. Um, yeah, and that's good news because you know not everyone, not everyone in the youngsters is uh, kind of uh, being able to kick on into the Welsh squad from from breaking into regional rugby. First of all, not everyone has been able to kick on into the Welsh squad from that point. So uh, you know, like a lot of the second roads around, for example. So um, yeah, I, I agree. I think he will, but I, I don't think he's you know he's not going to be he's going to get a chance.
1: I would say this autumn. Yeah, the other thing I'd say though is. There, there are going to be injuries between now and the squad being named. There's going to be injuries during the, during the campaign itself, and I think all it all it could take is an injury to someone in the back three, and North ends up back on the wing, or you know, or there is an injury to one of the centres. And I think he's a, you know, I think he's a really serious contender because mm. you're, you're right; those two are the would be the would be the first choice. Yeah, did Johnny could Williams be, get injured the other week? He's injured now, so mm. uh, yeah, so. I think he's unlike he's unlikely to make it. And then there's yeah. not a, you know, there's not a huge amount. No, Willis. Yeah, you know, I think if he chooses four centres, it will be, uh, it will be Willi- Willis, Max, Tompkins and North, I would have thought. Um, I, I have probably, I anyone? Uh, Owen walking over Max. Sorry, you're right. Owen, yeah. uh, yeah. Owen walking over Willis. Yeah. I thought yeah, Willis yeah, was yeah. excellent, actually. I, I thought he yeah, had his best game of the season on, uh, on, on Saturday. Um. But again, I just wonder how much, again, how much pivac. He's still a, a central part of, uh, of pivac's plans. He hasn't yeah. featured a great deal late, uh, lately. And what was the game he had? It was again the Six Nations. He had a, a kind of um, a pretty. He missed the game. summer, didn't he? And he missed the summer. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much um, how much you'll feature there versus mm. you know someone who's got a lot of improvement in him mm. and offers something really different to Ellen because he does. You know, he's huge. He's absolutely mm. huge. And mm. As we've said a number of times, it's not just look for contact. He's he's not you know for someone that big, he's not slow, and he doesn't just look to run directly either. As well, he'll look to you know he'll either look to hit the inside shoulder or or go random as well. So it does offer it does offer something different. Obviously, North is you know North offers that size as well, but I don't know. I uh, I think he's an exciting prospect. I think I think he'll be in the squad, and I do think he'll get. I do think he'll get his first cap. But you might be right. It might be against Georgia.
0: Yeah, I think it's a little bit, a little bit soon to throw him in against. Uh, well, it's strong opposition, otherwise, isn't it?
1: You know. Yeah. So, yeah. So what's New, Zeal- New Zealand, uh, New Zealand, Australia, Argentina, Argentina. Are, and yeah. Georgia this this uh, yeah. this term? Fair enough. Right. Uh, sticking with with whale selections, uh, <laughs> notice how we're we're turning to these things rather than talking about the regional rugby, which is fair enough, I think. Uh, so bigger went off. Uh, bigger went off injured today. Uh, Sorry, this one's from Chris Roderick. Dan Bigger went off injured today in a doomsday scenario where he and Anskim aren't fit for Wales New Zealand. Who starts at 10? I thought Jared Evans was good yesterday, but he went off injured too. I don't think there's any danger of Jared Evans starting um this, this <laughs> awesome, to be honest. I don't, no. as you said before, I just don't think Pivak likes him much. Um, yeah. That's just my that's just my opinion based on you know various squad selections. If both those two were injured let's have a look at the other options. So you've got, uh, you've got Sheedy, uh, you've got uh, Sam Costello and you've got, yeah, you've got Jared. Uh, have I missed anyone? Who am I missing here? Um, oh, uh, Rhys Patchell, but then, Rhys Patchel again, yeah. just
0: doesn't play enough minutes for his region. No, he does so, um, yeah, yeah, Jared, I think Jared would have to be playing his absolute best rugby and mm. he's not. And then if he was playing his absolute best rugby, he would he might get into Wayne's squad. That's that's um so, that's so interested in him Wayne is, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh so that that I mean it's a hopefully it's a hypothetical situation that doesn't come about because uh I think we'd have to go Sheedy based on actual experience. I mean Sheedy's in the in the uh, process of probably being played out of his club jersey yeah. by AJ McGinty. So um, yeah, it's tricky. I, I mean, I hope that. Yeah, I really hope that doesn't come
1: about. <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah, uh, I agree on that. And while we're talking about ten, yeah, I I hope I hope it I hope it doesn't come about as well. And I'm uh, obviously I have no medical qualifications whatsoever, but I feel uh, I feel vaguely optimistic about it as well. I just think uh, yeah, hopefully the. Uh, there will be an opportunity for them to to be fit and available for selection. And and as we've said, if they are, if they are fit, those two I think are are quite comfortably ahead of ahead of the others in terms of the pecking order. Oh yeah. While we're talking about Dan Bigger, he's announced he's gonna leave uh, Northampton at the end of the season after four seasons. Uh, any danger in coming back to Wales, Murph, or do you think it's a, a a trip to France or Japan?
0: Yeah, judging by the interviews he's been doing, um which they Highlighted on Scrum Five earlier. No intention of Wales at all. Mm. Uh, and I, uh, I mean, could they afford him? It'd have to be on the Wales money. It'd have to It'd be, be on, on the 80, month, 20 Yeah, yeah. Uh, doesn't look like English clubs can afford him anymore, which is brilliant. Um, <laughs> uh, so France, um, look, uh, it, anyone would have him. Any, I think any any team in the world. Yeah, unless they've already got you know yeah. uh, Intermac in their side or you know, or, or, you know a worldie it, then they, they wouldn't need to spend half a million pounds a year on him but uh, he gets into most sides in the world so he could end up it just depends where he wants to go I, I think the easiest I don't know uh, the, the, the the worry is if he goes to France he ends up on the play every week and gets burnt out was mm-hmm. he 32 33 I don't yeah know. He will be by the time the season's done. I think so yeah. the the easy, the easiest place to play for him is Japan. But how how far out of the clutches of uh, the Welsh squad is he if he goes to Japan? That's the issue. So it depends whether he wants to keep going with his with his international career. Do you see what I mean?
1: Yeah, I yeah, I do. I mean, I don't know when when does the Japanese season even play? Oh, I mean, yeah. I know when the French season plays. It's fifty weeks of the bloody year. So. Um, <laughs> I mean, it can't it can't be as bad as that. But I mean, look, whatever happens, you can't you can't begrudge him a big payday. He you owes know, absolutely nothing to Welsh regional rugby. He was a phenomenal servant to the Ospreys, and yeah. you know has been. You know, I, I can't speak highly enough of him for his his attitude and commitment to, to mm-hmm. Wales. So, you know, he's 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 got a hundred caps to his name. He can go and play wherever he wants. Like yeah, say, I think may, maybe something like Japan might be. Might he be, might be what,
0: it might be one. Might be one last big payday that he's after. You know, yeah. before he wraps it up. So, yeah, but there's, there's no reason. There's no reason. Like in terms of his actual play on the pitch, <laughs> there's no reason for him to wind down into you know uh, um, being second choice anyway.
1: No, definitely not. And and I think yeah, there's there's very very little chance of it. Got a few more uh, questions to uh, to finish with. Um, this one's from Cleon Reese. Uh, Another negative weekend in terms of regional rugby. How can we expect to compete without the funding uh, we need from the WRU? Simply haven't got the depth compared to others. I mean, it was particularly depressing on that front, you know, to think that basically all those sides playing away with the, you know, with the exception of Cardiff, I suppose, uh, just weren't really targeting wins based on the team selection. You know, Osprey's rested a load. Dragons rested a load. And yeah i kind of understand ospreys to a, to a degree well, they're just targeting home fixtures isn't they um and i mean it's
0: a little bit of realism in in a way because even if they went there fully loaded they wouldn't uh, uh, uh no, they wouldn't steph disagrees he thinks the ospreys squad but uh, as soon as you rest anyone it's not it's not that strong you know and so um even if they had gone fully loaded also it's very unlikely they would have won um same for the dragons. Um it you didn't count with Cardiff because <laughs> a lot of the changes were enforced. They didn't choose yeah. to go without those players. So you can't really count them. But I, I can see it happening across all four regions, just not really fancying themselves away. So why 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 put the um why put the miles on the clock of your, your especially if they're central contracted players? Why waste him on a game you're not going to win away from home when you could play him at home in front of your own supporters? So your supporters feel like they're seeing their best players, and, um, and go for the go for the wins the, uh, that way. But, um, but the, unless you, uh, the, the question is right, unless you've got more depth, you can't really the, you. I mean, they, the, the regions, can't really expect to compete home and away.
1: Yeah, I mean that is the rea- That's the realism. It's a sorry state of affairs. I've got to be honest. Like where you're, mm-hmm. you're looking at saying, "Oh, well, we'll rest our players for Benetton away." I know that you know, and that's doing them mm-hmm. a disservice because they've they've progressed. But again, that in itself is depressing. That you know mm-hmm. that an Italian side can, you know, string together home win after home win, beat all the you know. So they they beat the Scarlets comfortably last week. They beat the Dragons comfortably this week. They put two hundred points on Cardiff for the end of last season. So it's, and and also it's just depressing from watching rugby where it's just like, it's obviously it's a, it's a home advantage game generally anyway, but yeah. at this level, it's just like, well, why, why even bother them? Why do we even, bother? just give the, just give the home win when, uh, when Welsh sides are playing away and then we'll just play the home games. Yeah. It's just all, it just all felt mega depressing to me. And the, mm. you know, the, the quality of rugby on display wasn't, wasn't very good. I will quickly say while we're talking about the Ospreys because we didn't mention Morgan Morris and, mm. I I was really impressed with him actually and I think in the past you know I think we might have said you know is he big enough for international rugby he looks a lot bigger to me I don't know if it's just the beard but he looks um, (laughs) he looks he looks bigger stronger dynamic ball carrying Mm -hmm. really really strong breaking through yeah I I, I was very I was very impressed with him you know in in a difficult in a difficult outing
0: he's a very unusual shape isn't he let's be honest he's got like stumpy legs and like a barrel chest which sort of goes down into a barrel stomach <laughs> he, you know he, he just you, you swear he would swear if you're watching him at uh, uh my level championship level you'd swear he was a playing hooker you know he just doesn't look like a back rower but he moves like a back rower and he jackals mm-hmm. like a back rower and he carries like a number eight but uh, he's a very unusual shape of a bloke. Um, yeah, well, look, I, I, you know, I, I, how many times have you mentioned? Oh, oh it's not even mm. Threadbare at number eight. Threadbare doesn't cover. Oh, Threadbare, it is, it's comical how short we are of number eights in this country.
1: So, I hope be continues in that vein and he gets better and better every week. Yeah, yeah. So do I. I mean, interestingly, at the moment, Touchwood, Falatao's fit, Moriarty's fit, and Wainwright is fit, and mm. you would imagine they would. Well, I mean, Wainwright has, you know, perhaps. Uh, yeah i i' perhaps the 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 one out of those three who um um has has probably slipped in terms of uh in terms of his standing yeah. um he's slipped so. and also
0: also if if uh dan Lidiot is now first choice again he he's the one who probably makes way yeah 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 i think you're probably right um so but that's fine you
1: know while we're, talk, while we're talking about back rowers, have you seen much of christians uh this year he made a kind of flying start in the first couple of Oh games yeah,
0: oh me. I wanted with, the, the with first, 7 on his back, but you know, um yeah, the, the first um podcast of the season I wanted to talk about him for ages because uh I don't know if that was the first um English Gallagher Premiership game of the season. I think it might have been it was Leicester Exeter, down in Exeter. Mm. And Shunza was playing 7 for Exeter and Tommy Refa was playing 7 for uh, right, Leicester yeah. and um I was glued to it um, and it's not it's not really a fair comparison because although he's in 7 yeah. Shunza jumps front of the line out mm-hmm. and then he hangs out on the, in the 15 channel looking to carry like a number 8 and the only time he's ever in the natural 7 position is at scrum yeah. So it's classic English rugby where they, they just don't believe in the open sides. He's not really playing open side. The rest of the side are covering the job, the, you know, the jackals and the breakdown work are covering that. And he's just doing he's a wearing lot seven, of, chair, yeah. yeah, a lot of line at work and a, and a lot of carrying. So, um, it's not, it's not a good comparison, but, um, uh, Tommy Rafael obviously is an out and out seven uh, and played like it. Uh, but having said that, he scored two tries against Harlequins, scored the winning mm-hmm. try later in the, the game against minute, Harlequins. Yeah. And the only issue there now,
1: uh, obviously, he's going to make the squad coming up. But what position is he? Six, isn't it, he? Yeah, I think well, he's one of those. He's one of those, you know, big yeah. lock, big lock six type things that is, it, a, is a, know, There's f- a fair chunk of Cameron Walker, boy. Yeah. Yeah, I did see that comparison by someone mm. on, on social media earlier and, and I love Cameron Locke Um mm. so yeah, I I mean look, I I think if he's I, it'd be it'd be an interesting one. I mean, obviously Lydia is kind of the is the incumbent off the back of a, a really good summer tour and he offers, you know, that that no nonsense six that he's done his in his entire life and that and that obviously really helped uh that really helped the balance of the back row. I don't think you lose you know, you, I don't think you lose um, balance if you were to to bring Chunza into that for, for certain games. If you have him at six and, you know, uh, Raffel and... Raffel? Raffel. It just sounds better. Tommy Raffel. Um, yeah, if you have him at him at six, Raffel at seven, and Toby at eight, you know, I still think that's an incredibly exciting back row. And then obviously you gain the, yeah. the ball-carrying and athleticism that, that Chunza brings as well. So yeah, I think he'll definitely just, be in the squad and I think he'll probably... Yeah. Um, He'd probably be on the bench,
0: I would have thought. Moving forward, it depends how his um, physique changes. Mm. If it stays the same, then he's going to be a background. But if he keeps filling out, I think he just yeah. ends up really athletic four. Um, and I mean, he's a fascinating story because he's born in yeah, Kinshasa really. and grown up in, you know, a really humble background in, um, was it Cardiff, I think? Yeah, Cardiff. Yeah, yeah Cardiff, yeah. And um, offered, the, from what I from what I'm told, offered the biggest academy contract that Cardiff have ever offered anyone to stay and still wanted to go to Exeter University and ended up with Exeter uh, Rugby Club, and now Exeter get all the credit for developing him up, making him into the player yeah. he is. You know they do. Uh, they do it Gloucester think they've developed uh, uh, Louis Louis Summit, You know they don't think he, they thought he was rubbish until he arrived there. They, that's the way they think you know, in these places. And they've only gone there for their education. And then uh, and then we're supposed to thank Gloucester for developing players for us. Then, well,
1: um, I mean, Chris Ginza was um, is another Whitchurch. Um, Another Witcher yeah, uh, alumni he? so uh, you yeah, know. Along yeah. with, uh, if there's one thing they do down there is turn out some seriously impressive sportsmen. So, um, mm-hmm, yeah. so yeah you, yeah, you know, I think by the obviously by the time he's gone to by the time he's gone to uni, he's he's 18 years old, isn't he? So he's played yeah. played all his age grade rugby in in Wales.
0: Yeah, but the, the, the yeah, but the, this is the uh, I've heard people speak yeah. that way. That's the only yeah, reason yeah. I brought no, it no, no, yeah, and, right. and also, what happens then is those clubs, Exeter, Gloucester whoever else has had, uh, whoever else has had a, a young Welsh player who's ended up m- becoming an international, they get him while they're cheap. Because mm. <laughs> the, the young, con- the teenage yeah. con- contract, they get, call it Wheel, well, academy contract, whatever they call them, they, they, they give them that contract. They, they, they tie him in as long as they can. And then when they get into the Welsh side and they have to move back to Wales, then the, the, the union, in, in actual fact, not the region, yeah, are footing a massive bill for up their up, wages. So So we missed out like the, the regions then miss out on having this amazing player when he was on forty thousand pounds a year or fifty thousand pound a year, and he comes back here and he's on several hundred thousand pounds a year yeah. so um, they get by doing that uh, uh, and look it's tied in with their college system over the border and all sorts of all sorts of other factors, but they get bargains our bargains
1: yeah, it's true it, it is true uh, It'd be interesting to see you know when that when that time is up, where uh, where he might end up? Because God, there'd be a, a hell of a fight for um, a hell of a fight for him. Because he's uh, oh. he's a serious. I think he's a, a serious talent, and I'm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's no exclusive, is it? You know, <laughs> uh, I'm not. Offering <laughs> you, you, real you real first. insight, but Yeah, but, <laughs> if I tell you, Christians is a hell of a talent, but he's, he's yeah. a very exciting one, and someone I'm hoping to see. Yeah, uh, yeah, hoping to see a bit more of in a in the red of Wales. There we go Murph we did Absolutely. end on a positive didn't we There we go Look, we yeah. got we got to stop there because otherwise well, <laughs> otherwise uh, I'll end up uh, yeah I'll end up talking about the dragons again and that won't be uh, and that won't be exciting but we got we have got yeah um we have got some derbies uh, around the corner which I know we said um I know we said that uh, wasn't necessarily the the um the most exciting one this weekend and nor was it uh, yeah nor was it perhaps the 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 most fizzing atmosphere um but i'm quite excited by the prospect of um of uh, dragons going to the arms park um mm. next, next week uh and we've got a terrible terrible record um against against cardiff um and and that is one like this this weekend i saw a few people mention this on twitter and i absolutely agree this weekend is completely forgotten about if you pitch if you pitch up and um and uh, and, and beat your neighbors in their own backyard
0: well I mean they've they've kept the, the the Will Rollins of this world fresh. So mm. um I hope I hope it's a great game.
1: Yeah, agreed. Uh then the other the other fixture's next week. Scarlet's at home to uh, to Zebra, so you would hope <laughs> you'd hope there's um there's a win there and a bit of uh and a bit of cheer.
0: Yeah. But how, how much say let's say uh let's go hypothetical again. Say they lose. Mm. Dwayne Peel in the
1: in the bin. Uh well, um, it can't be far off if you were to lose a home to Zebra. Yeah, I mean, I mean in, his,
0: in his post-match interview, he looked a broken man.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is yeah, which is which is understandable. But I mean, Zebra haven't won a game for God knows how long, have they? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they they might yeah hypothetical. Right. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think I think they should be all right next week. But um, mm. and then on Friday night, the Ospreys are at home to to the Stormers. So as you say, at least you know you would imagine there'll be you, you're not likely to to rotate too many for that because um, mm. that that'll be a tough encounter. But yeah, fingers crossed. It'll be a yeah, it'll be a, a strong side and a strong performance because um you know, just just wipes away the, the bitter taste of uh, of some of this weekend's performances. And we're getting mm. close as well. You know obviously we're getting close to um, to squad selection time really, aren't we? You know, by next week we'll be middle of middle of October. So I don't think squad selection will be, will be far away. So hopefully there's some big, big performances in there. We can get excited about If not Christians, there is a hell of a talent. You heard it here first. Right, <laughs> um, thanks. Uh, thanks Murph for, uh, for joining us and pulling me through, uh, pulling me through a tough week. Uh, <laughs> then a uh, uh, thanks as always uh, to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. And, um, but a special thanks because actually i caught up with scott otten who's the um obviously you'll, you'll probably remember him as the the, the former ospreys hooker and uh, and scott so so coffee trade is scott's company uh, and i caught up with him for a chat uh, earlier this week and um he was incredibly open and honest about the the mental health struggles that he's had since um since hanging up his boots and uh uh, i'll be releasing that podcast later on in the week and it's, it's really worth a listen because he's just um you know some really important some really important stuff in there and he's just so kind of frank and um uh, and incredibly honest about it and and uh, yeah it was it was really really interesting and to catch up with scott and also you know really good to hear he's in a he's in a good place as well so that'll be out later this week probably wednesday uh, if not wednesday thursday um but make sure you you subscribe to us on um on Spotify or Acast or uh, or Apple Podcasts wherever you get your podcast because then you'll get an alert through when we release that one as well. Um but yeah in the meantime if you want to back uh if you want to back a, a, a flourishing Welsh business, uh, get some good quality coffee uh, and also uh and also back someone who's uh who's a top lads then you can do that over at socoffeetrades.co.uk. Right, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Podcast Network.